You're listening to the Faith Made Welcome podcast, a progressive podcast of faith where we look at Christianity from a progressive Baptist tradition. This podcast is brought to you by Commonwealth Baptist Church in Alexandria, Virginia. So whoever you are, wherever you are, or whatever you think about faith, you're welcome here. Please let us know what you think about our podcast by subscribing to it or by sharing it with someone who may be looking for a podcast like this. And we would love to hear your feedback. So please leave us a comment or question on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 19 of Faith Made Welcome. And like always, we have some special guests. Who are our special guests this week? Hi, I'm Courtney Hodge. Uh, and I am uh, the coordinator for religious education at uh, Commonwealth Baptist Church. Sweet. Cool. And, and I am Tamika Holly. Uh, I am a member of Commonwealth Baptist Church, and I happen to be uh, engaged to our other special oh. guest. Yes, what a coincidence. What a coincidence. Yes, and this is somewhat by design because we thought it would be fun to do the love episode of Advent with the most recently engaged couple yes. of the CBC community. Yes. So we're Yep. So we're so excited you're here. We also have some usual suspects on the call such as They are usual, but they are still a little unusual. True. Right? The usual unusual suspects. Who do you want to do first, Marty? You or me? Um, I'll just go. Go, do it. Okay, I'm Marty. I'm the past one of the pastors at Commonwealth Baptist Church. Awesome. I am Paul Fitzgerald, a frequent collaborator on said podcast, and it's wonderful to see everyone today. And I'm Sherry Spiegel. Um, usually the first voice we hear on this fine podcast. The hostess with the mostest. I guess that seems to be the case. I think at some point I'm just going to claim it, but right now it's, I'm still so, sort of like, <laughs> I don't know what I do. True hostesses with the mostesses don't need to claim hostess with the mostest, as people just know. Is it like sort of like the king doesn't have to it's say, I am the king? Yeah, it's exactly like that. Okay. Cool. Welcome, everybody. Oh, this and everybody knows. Yeah. Um, so we have such a simple topic today. Like, uh, we should probably be done in about five minutes. Um, yeah. So we're going to talk about love and we'll, we'll wrap that up. Seems easy. Um, so Tamika, Courtney, when you were invited to come talk on a podcast about love, what were the first things that ran through your heads? Uh, it was really funny. My first thought was like, oh my God, that sounds like so much fun. <laughs> uh, so I definitely, when we got the email, I think I was very much like, yes, let's do it. Uh, without really consulting Courtney, um, just to find out that her response was, uh, wow. Okay. So how do we talk about this? And, uh, this seems like a large topic and, um, you signed me up without consulting me. <laughs> But love carried us through because she was excited. And so I love her enough to get on board when she's genuinely excited about something. Ah, uh, yes. Look at that compromise. Look at that. 
Look at that compromise. So Courtney, what was so daunting about the idea of tackling love on a podcast? Um, Love is just so big. It's such a huge topic. It's like, and like, it's something that I'm constantly learning. And Mm -hmm. so like, I don't know. It's just like, where do we begin? Where where are we going to end up? And it's, I think it's like my, my teacher brain. Like you think about a lesson and then you think about, okay, how do you deliver this lesson? How do you make sure that everybody's got mastery of the lesson? And love is just one of those things that it's just constant Mm -hmm. and you're consistently learning and growing. And so it breaks my mathematical mind to have a a topic that uh, you can't close. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So spoilers, dear listeners, there's no way that in an hour's time, the five of us will have mastered all that there is to know about love and figured it out. Because I bet, Marty, you've probably preached about love more than once. Is that right? Yeah, probably. That's probably accurate. But you have it figured out too, right? No, it's too, it's like Courtney said, it's, it's, um, it's hard to think about it and wrap your mind around it because I mean, when you think about Advent and love, and this is like God breaking all boundaries just to come down and be near his most prized creation mm-hmm. and to do that um, unconditionally and accept us over and over again, as you read through the old Testament mm-hmm. and then Jesus shows up and not only does he shows us maybe what the kingdom of God looks like while he was on earth, but he left us with his spirit within us. Uh-huh. I can't figure any of that out. Yeah. Like that just boggles my mind. Um, right. Yeah. So- well, I mean, part of what's crazy, right. Is we have to figure out this concept of like God's love, like for all of us, throughout all of that time. And then I think the other part that's tricky is figuring out like, we're also called to love each other. And that's complicated. And not just like a few people, the people that you like most, we're called to love all of them. All. Yeah. So I can see why that's hard for you. Clearly I have figured it out. But you know what's also complicated is like we talk about love God, we talk about love others, but I think it's easy to miss the part. And and one that is really complicated is loving yourself, right? Like you see, like that one, that one is the tough one because when when it's it's interesting that you bring that up because that scripture is kind of what I base my whole Christian faith on is Mm -hmm. you know, love God, love your neighbor as you love yourself, which is an indication that, hey, you also need to love yourself in order to love your neighbor. <laughs> so, um, and, and that's sometimes a hard one because you're with yourself all the time. Yeah, yeah. And no one knows yourself and your unlovability more than you. Right. You know, nobody knows your unlovability more than you. Um, I always had questions about that verse. Um, and Marty, in some of the workshops that you've been in on, uh, that. That uh, that we've run through CBC folks, we, this came up a little bit. 
Um, love is all fun and games, right? Until you get to this love, love one another as you love yourself. And then it's like, whoa, 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 right? That's a hard stop for a lot of people just right there. Um, and so what does that, what does that verse actually mean, right? It, it Does it state that you are actually supposed to love each other like you love yourself? Or does it mean as well as yourself or, or what? So it seems like that's one of those verses uh, that could be well served by adding a couple of words to it to clear it to clarify because it's a it's a little vague you know and because you know if if you take it as it is it's a hard stop you know so what what words do you add to give it to give it context for a lot of people and you know it, I I don't find it particularly easy to believe that people just magically stopped loving themselves sometime in the last two thousand years and so it made sense then but it's just out of context now I don't I don't necessarily believe that but you know that what like you said. Uh, Courtney, what that that verse calls me to to question how it's inter- interpreted. You know, um, it's not love each other as much as you love yourself. It's it's love yourself, love each other as well as, in addition to, yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Paul, I, I would, I'm sorry, Marty. No, if it's possible to love anyone else any more than you love yourself, though. Um, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's a, a question that comes up. Like, I can love you in addition to loving myself, but like, if I don't really love myself, can I love you at all? Probably not, because I don't know. I don't have any practice at this kind of exercise or what that should look like or feel like, or I'm doing a good job at all. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I think when you come back to the the situation when Jesus said those words, like all these religious leaders were trying to trap him. It's like, what's the greatest commandment? Yeah. And he said, well, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm-hmm. Oh, and here's a bonus. Love your neighbor as yourself. So, so he said it like, Oh, by the way. Yeah. You know, love, and that was all that was, that's all the detail that was given. Right. Um, classic Jesus, classic Jesus. Um, but I think when you, when you think about it, we are programmed to be the toughest critiques of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm. And that comes from other people and the relationships we have with other people. Right. And it comes within ourselves. Um, So we don't often live in a way that we offer ourselves grace, like we would other people. Mm -hmm. And I think grace is a big component of love. Because without the grace, how can you even get to the love part, right? Right. Um, So I think it's a lot about giving ourselves grace. And when we start giving ourselves grace, we start easing up on ourselves and not being so much of a critic and start loving ourselves a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is with like, I have three kids for the listeners who don't know me. they're all almost teenagers. And it's like every day I have to give myself a little bit of grace for my parenting skills, you know, right, right, right. <laughs> because it's just like, I want to just like be done with this and like, you need to do it this way. And let's just get past this. Let's figure out where all your assignments are on virtual school. So we can figure this out. Cause every teacher has put it somewhere else and we can't find it. And I just want to get this done. And I just want to get mad at my kids for not being able to do that. Um, but in the end, I, I have to s- slow down. It's like, okay, 
I'm missing a moment where I have a chance to spend some time with my kids. Not the most way I would choose, but it's still time. And I have to give myself some grace on that. So I, I think a big part of this whole love thing is giving ourselves a little bit of grace. You know, I wonder if like we can look at it in terms of balance. Right. So when you're talking about like that, that scripture, it's like, okay, first love God. Okay. Let's get that. Boom. And then it's like, love your neighbor as yourself. And like when that combines loving your neighbor and loving yourself, I wonder if it's a call to like work on wherever you are in that balance. So for instance, if you're able to give more love to your neighbor, then you give to yourself work on loving yourself. Mm. But if you are in the reverse and you love yourself above all others, then you need to work on how you love others. And like, it's this constant, like you grow and grow and balance and balance. And it's like, it's, it's going to be like a nonstop effort. It's not a, a thing that you attain because you're constantly working in the flip-flop because there are some of us who are just like, more inclined to being selfless, like giving so much of ourselves that we have nothing left to give our, give back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have others who are like, no, it's all about me. What can you do for me? And those we need to work on when, we, when we're having those moments, work on loving someone outside of ourselves. Right. And so like really like a call to balance. Mm. I like I that. Like that. It made me think, does God have that kind of struggle too? Surely seems like that in the Old Testament to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe even now. I mean, I'm not saying it's just like you, you kind of got the written story of God through, through the scriptures. And he's kind of like constantly like, I did a great thing here. Why aren't these people, you know, doing it right? Right. Mm-hmm. That pesky free will, man. <laughs> and, you know, then he's then God becomes God of second and third, fourth chances. Right. Mm-hmm. that's i think i'm confusing myself even more when we start talking I, I, like does that. Yeah. I like that concept because here's the thing if we are working to uh you know if, if god's our example of how we're supposed to you know move through the world and we watch god's love like evolve over time it's a it's an indication that like, hey, this is not work that you start and finish. This is a lifetime of, of work to do to really hone in on your ability to, to love. Mm-hmm. I have a question. It's a softball. We'll allow it. So, um, which is code for it may not be a softball. Um, so I, I really like your... Um, your model here of, of love is that this balance, you know, and if, if you love, I'm making hand gestures for those listeners who are listening. Um, if, if you love yourself here, right. And, and that's more than what the love you show for others or vice versa, whatever it might be. How do you, um, how do you re-perspective eyes or something that love to, to bring this, this other one up to where it is in balance and uh, what, what that model sort of has built into it is that it's it's an it's an issue of of reallocation, not not away from this and to this, but I can bring this up to where it is. Um, right. How can you make them go even higher? 
than they were, you know? So if, if you have, this is how much I love others. This is how much I love myself. And it's less, um, in, instead of, you know, or in addition to bring those up to, to balance, how do you make them, how, how do you actually make them go up? How do you add to the, to the total mass on this thing, so to speak? Softball, like I said. Like our capacity to love? Yeah, yeah. How much How much is in the tank, so to speak, or the vastness of it? Um, I think that that's part of what, um, what we were just sort of touching on as far as like the idea of this being like a longitudinal process um, where we can, you know, we can look at God, uh, stories in the Bible, evidence of like, growing capacity of love looking at how does how does love evolve and change to meet the expectation and i think like you know the bible seems to like map out the ways that like god's love expands right mm -hmm. like it just keeps getting bigger to accommodate the messiness of humanity um and so if we try to take a piece of that for ourselves like i think we can maybe think about the fact that like love doesn't work the way it does like in hallmark movies and society like a lot of times it's not like you identify a human to love you get them to consent to loving you and then love is done you can check that off your box and now you're on to like i don't know making cookies and whatever like love is this ongoing thing that you have to keep cultivating more of and it does like like it's not checks and like, you have to have both. But I think one of the things I'm starting to notice about love is it has a sneaky way of growing. Um, and I don't think so far I have seen a way that I can reach capacity. Um, like it just keeps getting bigger. And when you feel like it might run out, that's the moment where all of a sudden, like you can see ways love can grow. I agree. Part of like one of the things I say to Courtney all the time is like, there's enough of this to go around. Um, and I think sometimes there are folks who don't believe that and you can see mm. like the scarcity, like their fear of the scarcity of it. Yeah. And it's yeah. You're giving them attention. Okay. But attention is a way of showing love. Um, but I'm not going to run out of love. Um, you know, like time spent or, you know, a gift or whatever. There are all of these ways we show the love. But like, I have the, I agree. Like there's this sort of infinite capacity, like, and I love people who I don't even talk to, right? But like how you know the love is still there is when I talk to you in a year, I'm still excited and like my affection is there. So like, there are these things that are finite, like our time, our energy, the hours in a day, but like, just because I don't have enough of the finite resources to go around, doesn't mean there isn't a, enough of the infinite thing, mm -hmm. you know, that hangs out and yeah. more people to love, more, you know, ways yeah. to share. And that's like, like one of the ways that we grow our capacity to love because it's, it's possible is actually in loving other people. And, and, and the fact that people change, right? I think that's the key piece that makes our love grow is because like, even like Tamika and I, um, like just in job changes, right? We had jobs that, you know, facilitated like, 
this ability to, um, you know, text throughout the day and, um, you know, come back home and shut work down and like be with each other and then job changes and they're, they're good, you know, but like it creates that scarcity in our time now. Right. right? And so now we have to figure out ways to show love that's not always related on the time that we spend together, but on the level of intimacy we can create in the time that we have. Mm. And that grows our capacity to love because of the change. Right. Right. Like the problem solving of the scarcity of time creates a new opportunity to love in a new way. Yeah. I love that. Um, and I agree. Like um, my husband and I actually have written on our bathroom mirror, love is not pie. We have a few other rules that I won't bore you with, but like that's where the team Spiegel house rules go. And one of them is love is not pie. Um, but, and this is something Paul and I talk about, love is not pie, but time is. Like you have exactly 24 yeah. hours in the day. You're not going to squeeze out a couple extra. Like, um, so yeah, so how you allocate your resources, it's a signaling of love. Um and sometimes you have to renegotiate. <laughs> yeah, that's a way. You know, what are others? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's what you got. Sometimes that's what you got. You know. Well, maybe that's part of that verse that we started out with: "Love your neighbor as yourself." Is that we need to we need to know how people love us, and that how people love us frames how we love others and that capacity keeps coming mm-hmm. but i was sitting here thinking also like you know when ron and i got married i thought oh my gosh you know i found my partner um and that love was swelled up within me and i was like wow this is amazing and then we had sophia and i was like how in the world can my heart and soul find enough love to love Sophia as much as or just as much as Robin and it somehow it was there mm-hmm. and then we have twin boys <laughs> and then I'm thinking holy cow where is the capacity to love all these humans the same and just find the joy and the love and the grace and all of that and it was there and you know, it's it's beyond my capability, but I know that it has something to do with the spirit that was is in me. Mm-hmm. That spirit that Jesus left us with that gives us the capacity to love. And so. I think it's that concept of like understanding that that spiritual connection because like we live in, in on earth, right? And everything in earth and attached to earth is finite. And you have this concept of something that is infinite. And I think that uh, it helps us reflect on like there being something bigger than ourselves and something that's not finite um, because we have this, because we have love that we watch just grow. Um, and, And, you know, growing when like new members get added to your family growing when you meet new people and like just this this constant um theme of like growing love and it it not 
you know, stopping um, just is a reflection of an infinite God. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. An infinite God who gave us this like infinite gift yeah. to give ourselves and each other. What? <laughs> a chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you go out on the street and you, and you find somebody socially distanced and wearing a mask and, and all of that, of course, um, and you say, hey, do you love everybody? What do you think they're going to say? I mean, I assume no. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I sort of assume no as well. You know. What about that guy over there? Yep. Right. What about her? What do you think? Well, that love. gets into the debate of you're, do you not love them or you just don't love their actions? Yeah. So that's, that's I think, where I'm, I'm going with this. You know, so why is it so hard? It's like, what, what does it take to get there? To just love the person? Asking for nothing. Hmm. Well, I think there's also this issue within that how we approach our love for the people who are closest to us versus people who are abstract and far away, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, it's the idea of, you know, how do we show love for people suffering who we've never met, right? Right. Like, is that our obligation or, or do we just hoard our love and our resources for the people we know and we can see suffering in front of us? Like it's um, that idea of like loving others, like, Paul and I were at a, uh, I don't know what you call that place we were at, but it's, it's kind of a coffee work shop, but it also me. has beer okay. and there's okay. food. We were at this place. I don't, know. I don't know. It sounds like a place of amazing. It was lovely. Yeah. Sure. Yes. It's delightful. Caboose Commons, Fairfax, yeah. Virginia. Um, so we were there and like, we were having this conversation about love and like, Paul's like, you know, low key pointing to people and being like, do we love this person? Do we love this people? And these are strangers. Right. But um, and so it's like this moment to think about who you are and how you approach love, because like, these are strangers. Um, but like, if something were to suddenly horribly, something horrible would happen to one of these people in, in our proximity, like, like that would feel terrible. Like yeah. I would ache for that person. And I think that's part of what it means to love humanity. Um, regardless of who that individual actually is. Like, I think, um, we're called to have a heart for our neighbor, whoever that neighbor is, even if they aren't, you know, they're not members of our household. Like, so we have to love outside of our community, like immediate, right? Right. Yeah. I, it, it, like, actually, you know, it's funny when Paul asked the question, my thought was no. Because like, if you asked me, I would say no. And, and it's not because I have people that I know that like, I don't like their actions, so I don't love mm-hmm. them. It's not mm-hmm. that. It's like, I don't know them. I don't know everybody in the world. So I don't, I, I can't say that I, I love them because I don't know them. But I do know that I have a base love for humanity. Mm-hmm. And I understand that, like, if you point it to a stranger, it's like, I love them as much as I can love a stranger. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but as you, you know, meet people and get to know them, you love them more. Um, and it actually brought me to thinking about something that Tamika talks about often um, to me and, and, and really just like a, a way of being healthy. Um, sometimes you have to love people from afar. When you yes. understand that yeah. loving some people up close, especially when 
um, they're working through and, and growing their themselves in like sometimes just toxic people that, you know, it's just not healthy right. for you to, to be close to. Sometimes you love them still from afar, even though, you know, you can't be in close relationship with them. And that like, yes, that still means that you love. It, it just doesn't mean that you need to be close all the time. Right. Well, and sometimes maybe you can love a little better with a little distance. Yeah, yes. that's true too. 100%. Or maybe it's a little easier to love from a distance. <laughs> Why are we all thinking of our families right now? That's what I would. <laughs> but do I you think that, that um, I agree that we there's, there's certain times where loving from a distance is the best way, right? Yeah, yeah. But do you think that that's why Jesus came to push us to not love from a distance? Because what Jesus did, he came down and he got with the poor, the widows, the orphans, um, the sick, and he went to those people, right? So he didn't he didn't love from a distance from those people, right? The people yeah. that didn't, you know what I'm saying? I I I. I do. I hear what you're saying. So uh, anyone who spends any length of time with me will hear me use the word boundaries. Hmm. Um, because boundaries, so like, to, I think my answer to the question of like, do I love everybody is yes, 100%. Um, I, I can't think of a person I wouldn't love or a reason I wouldn't love them. Um, because I also can, I, I had to learn to separate loving you from liking you um and separate loving you from wanting to enter into a relationship with you mm-hmm. um I, I I had to learn to separate my love from like a lot of other things so just like the feeling of love or the thing of like I pray for everybody I pray for right. you know people who are struggling with these hard concepts or something like um and that's how I show you love and for some people that's maybe the only love you'll ever get from me but I hope it matters to someone that you get that love from a stranger, you didn't have to ask for it. And I don't care who you are. Um, but also like, I think it's so interesting the point of like who Jesus hung out with, right? Yes. Because I think like, I think Jesus's point was like, these things don't make these people unlovable. Um, you know, society has created these improper boundaries between like, people who are deemed worthy and unworthy. And I think Jesus's point was like, get at like the heart of a person. Who are you? What are you about? What do you believe? How do you treat people? Um, and those are the things that matter most, you know? Mm-hmm. And kind of, yeah, when you focus on the right stuff and then like the boundaries I create are definitely around like, if you don't treat others well, if you don't show respect and like practice love in ways that are healthy, um, for you and for others, we can't be in close relationship, but I will still love you again, like from far, far away. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I think Jesus is an interesting case study in how love and boundaries actually work because like the idea, right. Is Jesus came to save everyone, everyone, right. Hung out with the least of these was like a real advocate for them. Mm -hmm. Um, but how many disciples disciples. <laughs> he had 12 exactly yeah. but he had 12 disciples and amongst them like he had a few that were kind of like we all know they were really his besties right right, right. yeah that inner circle right yeah. yeah like there's like you know there's like you know like what is it like the three or the two i don't know um yeah, i like, should be better at this 
Peter, John, um, Jesus, James, James, brother. Yeah. 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 So there's times where he's like, oh, I can't handle all 12 of you. You three, come on. Right? Into the inner circle. And so um, I think it's the same for us, right? Like we, we we are maybe called to love everyone and we do the work for the least of these and we do all of that but at the same time like we don't have to have like a flock of 200 that we're taking care of all the time no. because it's not like you know it was jesus and the twelve thousand disciples Twelve. you got a posse you know he had a posse, got a posse. <laughs> jesus had a posse and he had some favorites and that's okay yeah it is yeah. Because it's all about like who who you know is safe and can handle vulnerability, your vulnerability, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because like even me, I have friends, right? And I have like a certain group of friends, but then I have a subset mm-hmm. of those friends who can handle like my most vulnerable spaces. Right. Right. And, um, and, and I trust them with that work. Uh, but you know, like there are other people who are like, yeah, I mean, we're here, but you know, uh, you can't get to my most vulnerable space where like, I'm talking to you in depth about my feelings about imposter syndrome and talking in depth about the time that I was outside of Eli's school crying because I told him he needed to be a big boy and walk to class. And I was mean about it. (laughs) And like, you know, like there are certain people that I talk to. Well, now I guess I've talked to everybody who's listening to this podcast. So Yeah, I call it tears. Like, um, I think it's funny when you're dating. One of the questions, I don't know, it's a question I would get or ask or somehow it always came up. Like, you know, is there room in your life for a number one? And I was like, oh, well, sure. Number one is like a category. You can be in the top tier in my life. um, But like, it's a shared space. You know, it gets shared with like my niece, it gets shared with my parents or my sister. Like there are people who I have to, again, like have to prioritize how I expend my finite resources on these folks. So if one of these people is sick, right, they will need more attention than someone who is healthy, working a stable job, like supporting themselves. Like sometimes my finite resources have to be allocated to like the person who needs me most urgently in this top tier, Mm -hmm. but like, absolutely. You're in the top tier. Like Courtney's in the top tier. I made it. (laughs) Woohoo! Congrats, Courtney. I mean, I'm going to like marry you. That puts you up there. So like, you know, but she also understands that like, if my mom got sick and I needed to be a caretaker for her, I have to reallocate how I spend my resources on the folks in the top tier and then second tier same and and down right out to just those people that I pray for or you know I think that you have to manage it somehow or else you know as a recovering people pleaser you know you used to I used to just like spend all my energy trying to do all the things for all the people and then no one's happy with you you're not happy with you you're not happy with them either and like there had to be a better way. <laughs> yeah. And you go. That's the truth. Right. And don't you think there, you also have to be in your own top tier? Yes. yes. You have to be reminded to <sighs> do that. 
That's an exhausting yes. idea. And that's the <laughs> as yourself part, right? That's an exhausting yeah. proposition, right? Yeah. I try to think of the people I love the absolute most and ask myself, like, how would I want them to treat themselves? And then, like, I have to model that behavior. Um, and so, especially for, like, the little people in my life, um, I have to ask this question of, like, how do I want them to treat themselves as grownups? And it's definitely better than I treat myself as a grown-up. But, um, you know, like, I have to model for them, like, self-care, self-love. So I'm going to listen to some music right now. And it's not because I don't want to spend time with you. I just really need to relax a little bit uh, after work before I'm ready to play. Or I'm still eating my dinner, so I'm glad you're done. uh, But I need to take a minute to finish before I'm ready to go play or, or whatever the case may be. They have to see it. You know, I don't want them to see me chasing down whatever it is you chase when you please other people and think that that's how they're supposed to live. It's terrible. And you know what? It's it's interesting um, that like I learned uh, something from Tamika in, in that regard about how I deal with Eli. Uh, and so uh, Eli's my six-year-old son. Mm. Uh, and uh we were in a car and like hashtag I, I'm an introvert. Okay. So like I recharge in the quiet and that's how I get my energy. Uh, and we were in the car and Eli loves like rapid fire questioning. Um, and for me, one of the things that like I wanted to do for him is, is to let him know he's important to me all the time and that I love him. Um, and he was rapid fire questioning me one day and like Tamika could hear in my tone that I was getting frustrated, right? He could not hear in my tone because I work on that so that he's not aware yet. Um, and she whispered to me, just tell him what you need. And, you know, she, she talks to me about like, you, you have to teach him how to be a person, even when you're teaching him about boundaries around him. And so like, I I did it in my most loving way. I talked to him about what an introvert is, what an extrovert is. And I asked like, so what do you think you are? He said, I think I'm an extrovert. I definitely get my energy from talking. And I was like, well, mama's an introvert. And sometimes mama needs quiet time. And I said, mama needs some quiet time right now. And he was like, okay. And like, and now it's funny because we'll be in the car and he was like, mama, is this a time when you need some quiet time? And I say, <laughs> yes. And then he's quiet. And what I'm teaching him- My favorite thing is that he's not always just quiet. Sometimes he'll go, okay, mama. So Tamika, I have a question. <laughs> right, but that's all I need. I just need the question to not involve me in my own mental energy. Right, right. Yeah. But like, that's loving you and loving him is to find another place to redirect that energy. Yeah. And here I am to show him love in that way in that moment. Right. And, yeah. and what it him is like, you can ask for what you need, which I want him to learn because that's something that I had to learn later in life that you can ask for what you yeah, need. Right. And also to respect other people's boundaries by giving them what you need. And like, sometimes I'm, I, I, I would mix it up. Like I'm trying to give him so much that I'm also teaching him improper lessons about boundaries for yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's earlier when Tamika was talking about how she likes to talk to the little people in her life and how she likes to explain to them very directly, like, 
uh, I would like to play with you. However, right now I need to do this thing and blah, blah, blah. Like I was thinking like, you know, we could all do well to talk to the grownups in our life that way too, right? Like, um, I think this is like a hard one lessonless idea of like, I'm going to articulate what I need and the people who love me, like we will work on that together. Um, you know, I feel like I grew up in this culture of like, well, if you really loved me, you would be a mind reader. Mm-hmm. And one of the things my therapist said to me was like, you are not a mind reader. If you were, you should quit your job and do a different kind yeah. of line of work. Like it's not in your skill set. It's not in the skill set of anyone you know. Why do you expect it? And but I do think like we do this thing like love means reading my mind. No, that's unreasonable. Right. Yeah. And not just reading my mind, like getting me that thing that's in my mind before I even before it even really gets to my mind. Like, I'm like, no, 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 no. Cause then that just creates an opportunity for you to workshop it. It's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. We 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 talk to each other. I feel like, you know, uh, I've been in unhealthy relationships before. Um, I'm, I, and, and we're working to make sure this one's healthy. Um, and one of the things we talk about is like, look, you're going to be responsible for communicating your needs. I'm not going to spend my mental energy on trying to figure out what your needs are, except for the fact that like, I'm, I'm learning you, you tell me what your needs are and it's my job to try to meet your needs or to tell you I can meet your need in this way, but not that way. But like you are gonna be responsible for communicating that part. I'm not gonna spend all my time looking at you and trying to figure out, am I meeting the needs that you have? Do you have unmet needs? Like that's your job to communicate that to me uh, rather than me trying to hustle for it. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> So I think it's funny. Uh, we learned a fun thing from uh, from Sherry <gasps> about like talking about you know asking the question. Uh, my husband and I had an argument, such and so. You know, what's the point of the argument? What's the goal? What's the goal of the argument? Mm. Right. And then like the thinking of like, well, what is the goal? And it's like, I want to be right. I want to get my needs met. I want all the things. And and then Sherry goes, the goal is to stay married. And I think it's so, it like, that just like blew the roof off of like <laughs> how we even bother to like, if we're going to argue or what we argue, like what we argue about or like how we go through that motion is like, at the end of the day, this is not going to break us up. And so like, let's just get straight to like, let's workshop it or, yeah. you know. I need to share my feelings about this in order to move us forward. Mm-hmm. Let's do that part. Like kind of figuring out the solution when we know we have a common goal mm-hmm. to keep loving each other. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, it's like relationship magic. If you, the moment you realize that no matter what happens, the goal will always be that tomorrow the relationship is still there. Right. If that's the goal and everything else. Right. Everything else can somehow work around that. At least it works in my most important relationships. Mm -hmm. Like um, if I can get to the point where I can stop and say, what's most important here is the fact that this relationship is non-negotiable. I want it. I'm going to always choose it. Mm -hmm. Everything else comes from there. Right. Exactly. You can, you can turn thermostat up two degrees (laughs) because you know what? Because the end goal is to keep us together. 
Oh, yeah. well, that might be my only. Eric <laughs> Spiegel wears a lot of socks, y'all. <laughs> I feel like one of the great ways to keep us uh, together is like to keep me alive. I'm going to freeze to death hanging out with her. <laughs> Oh, we'll see. That's why I looked it up on the uh, World Health Organization, the minimal temperature that is uh, recommended for people who are not elderly or babies. Um, and <laughs> we set it right at that. And so, but that's how you get to Eric Spiegel's heart is you give him data. Yeah, give hey, him listen, data. that's also the way to my heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah but there's, hey, here's my point. Here's an article. And I'm like, okay, I hear you. Yeah, there's Articles this. Articles are there's, your love language. It's fine. There's this urban legend out there about like the thermostat being the one thing that breaks up more marriages and relationships <laughs> than anything else is the thermostat. Yeah. Space heaters also work. Mm. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, give a blanket or one too. Absolutely. Yeah, because I mean, how many of us have been in a in a in an argument with a with a loved one before, and it's like we're just arguing for the sake of arguing at this point, right? Right. It's just yeah, because really the initiate the, the 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 thing that happened was somebody's feelings got hurt, and yeah, we couldn't right. communicate. Hey, that hurt my feelings. <laughs> so is it love then that um, that provides the the framework around which that argument or that conversation or whatever it might be? has the directive of, of staying in the relationship you know it's like we're gonna we're gonna have this we're gonna we're gonna have this conversation how hard as it might be so we can stay in this relationship and that's an expression of love yeah i, I think, think so i think that's the truest love i think like for especially as someone who feels like i have the capacity to love from far away um like for me, it's always a really conscious choice to love you up close and to have the hard conversations or like to make myself vulnerable to you uh, is me saying, I wanna love you up close and it might be hard in this moment, but we're gonna have to work through that part so we can get back to the easy fun stuff. Right. Um, because if, and it's something that I think makes, that some people think is really cold when they hear me say it is like, um, because like, I will be okay loving you from afar. Uh, if that's if that's where we sort of, if that's the space we enter is like the best way for us to love each other or whatever, is to just do it from far away. Um, so for me, that whole thing of like, no, 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 I'm gonna do the scary thing and like wade out into the abyss with my feelings and try to keep you close. It's the best way I can show you that I love you. Why is it scary? Ugh. Because yeah, I agree. Ew. <laughs> it's scary. I'm not saying that I don't agree with you. I absolutely do. Right? Why? Why is it scary? It's terrifying. I, I think it's so funny uh, because if you get to that space of feeling like how you love yourself is tangled up in how anybody else loves you. Like, it's scary because like, I'm gonna love myself less. I'm gonna like myself less once I hear this hard thing about myself or like, I don't know. It's like, I barely survive facing down my demons and loving myself every day. How could someone else do it? And part of it is like, I'm stuck with me. Like there's nowhere <laughs> I can go. And like, you have an option, you can leave. <laughs> and it's like, you might exercise that option. Maybe that's why Christmas is so tough for us because 
we have a hard time embracing God's love that came. Hmm. Like, how do we receive love? And do we get upset when it's not the kind of the way we want to be loved? So if we had reimagined the Christmas story as God doing something different besides bringing Jesus down, like what would that look like? And would we be okay with being loved in a different way than the teachings of Jesus and all that he did for us? Hmm. I mean, I feel- we talked a lot about ourselves, how we make boundaries and how we kind of love each other. But when we actually receive the love, like a lot of us feel unworthy. Yeah, of where, do, where do you do with it? Like, what do we do it? Like, this somebody is trying to love me. What what do I do with that? Mm. Thanks. What, what, what do you do? <laughs> I mean, I know what my body tells me to do. Throw up. Run. You know, yeah, throw up and run is what your body tells me. Give it a big hug, right? No, okay. Yeah. Leave it to the pastor to bring up the hard stuff. No. <laughs> you got to watch Marty. I've been looking at him for like five minutes. Like, oh, he's getting quiet. He's about to drop some knowledge on us. This is what happened. Well, see, this is, I have no knowledge because everybody receives the love differently, right? Yeah, right. This is why, you know, Christianity is so hard for people. They don't know how to, like, the idea of a God of second chances that loves me no matter what, like, I can come back to any time. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, that's too easy. Doesn't make and sense. And totally non-transactional. Like, absolutely nothing you can do will make it be more love or less love. It's just, it is a constant it is and like this was like jesus was like this is hey i'm getting your attention this is the time where you acknowledge that i do love you mm-hmm. now what are you going to do about it, <laughs> about it. Yeah. right and i think that that's a struggle because i feel like there are moments when or, or, or the things that we do things that we look at in ourselves and we feel unlovable Right. And then to have a contrast of like, no, 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 Jesus, God has love for you, even in this moment. It's like, hold on, we're in disagreement here because I feel like in this moment I am unlovable. And it's a it's hard to accept loving eyes in a moment where you feel unlovable, because I think sometimes we want to do that in private. We want to be unlovable just in private it's bad enough that i need to know i don't need everybody else to know but you know in in relationship with god and understanding that like god's all-knowing like yeah i know you in that unlovable space and i love you still is it would be nice if we could just use our example of i can love you from a distance with god right right Right. but but that 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 can't happen because god doesn't allow that so this is why love is so hard. Like this is why this whole conversation is just like, you can't really figure it out, but there's a lot to, to work on, I guess, is the best way to say it. Yeah. Is love work? I mean, is, is, oh, is ult- the ultimate yeah. expression of love the work? Yeah, for sure. Because it's like it's I'm I'm not working because I I love you, I'm not working on this because I love you. The work is the love. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and that makes it even more complicated because yeah. what we think working 
as love is might not be the same thing as somebody else's. Right. Is. And, right. Um, God's ideas of love might be different than our own. And yeah, um, and, and Tamika said something uh, around about twenty minutes ago. She used the phrase "practicing practice love." Love is a practice. Yeah, I think like you know, to I love cheesy like memes and phrases and little like kitschy kind of things, but like you know, one of them is like "love is a verb." Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that I kept it inside, but yeah. <laughs> but there's it sounds like so a verb I to love me. those kinds of things because like there is wisdom in that, right? Like it is a verb. I could tell Courtney that I love her ten times a day, and if I did nothing to show her that love, why should she believe in it, right? right. Um, and I think like in a relationship with God, like ugh, what is the practice? Like how do we? What's the practice that shows that we love God or like, you know, how does, what evidence or like, what is there that says that like God loves us and like is practicing love with us. And like, I think that's where you get into the, like, that's the really scary part is, you know, I have to believe in this thing that I can't see or touch in the ways that like, I can see Courtney's love for me. You know, when I ask her to like, grab me something from the kitchen or whatever, you know, and just believing that like the good things in my life are the way that I know. And like, you know, even when I feel like I didn't deserve that promotion or that thing that happened, like, I don't know, at least for me to like rationalize, I guess that thing is like, but that's the love from the thing that's bigger than me. And that's the love from the like entity that forgives me and that loves me even when I think I'm unlovable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard. It's, I feel like love is this thing that we're always engaged with because I think it's the point of all of it, right? Like, I mean, um, you know, we have all these sappy songs about love, right? But love, like, this is what it is. Like, it's all, it's all love. That's the point, right? Um, it's everything, mm-hmm. and I think it makes sense that that is why it is also it's it's the hardest, right? Like um, Paul and I are writing something for for another enterprise that we're engaged in, and uh, one of the things we talked about within it recently were like the Paul and Sherry principles of love, and one of them is that with love comes suffering. Yeah. Ta-da! It's gonna hurt. Like it's just. It's gonna hurt sometimes. It hurts. Um, it hurts. That is a guarantee. That is a guarantee. You know. Yeah, it's just so big and it's so epic and it's. There's no way it doesn't like it. I mean, that's why we have this phrase of like, "I love this person so much it hurts." Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just. But it also it grows and it expands and it is the point. Like, I'm convinced of that, even though I have no idea what it really is half the time. You know, talking about love songs, like, I was thinking about this before the podcast today. Are there any, like, can y'all think, like, off your top of your head, like, how many Christmas hymns we have that have the word love in it? Mm. Lots of peace, lots of joy, lots of hope. But, Mm. like, off the top of my head... There was no, like, I can't think of a line 
I can't think of a hymn, but I do know a song. Temptations Give Love at Christmas is my favorite oh, Christmas cool. album. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. It's like the whole point of, of Christmas is is what you're saying, Sherry. It's it's love. It's the main point. Yeah. And we sing about all these sub points in our songs that kind of move us too, but we never really mention, mm-hmm. like maybe it's too complicated. I don't know, but... <laughs> If y'all come up with one, let me know. Because I don't think we've sung anything that says about Christmas and God's love for us. Yeah. Well, I wonder if it's like of all these concepts in Advent, like is love the one that we both think that we've got the most figured out and also are unwilling to admit that is the absolute hardest and most confusing? Like, like love yeah that should be fine i love lots of people i'm oh. i've been loving people my whole life i should be an expert at this by now nope love is hard i think it's funny i think part of the reason i was excited to do this was like love sure let's talk about it you know <laughs> and then i was like what are my credentials for this conversation i don't know i'm a human that loves i guess mm-hmm. like that's fine and I'm like, I'm like, no, this is a really interesting conversation. This is all really great. I'm going to have to think about this later. <laughs> Came into it feeling very smart about this. And now. So, well, if it makes you feel any better to me, I feel like I've gone into every week of Advent like this, like hope. I get hope. I, I know things about hope. No, I know nothing about hope. Oh, peace. Peace. I'm an expert. Mm-mm, nope. Joy. Oh, boy. <laughs> joy was a tough one joy was a tough one yeah. joy is a tough one um cool but maybe that's why we practice it every year yeah well maybe that's why we have conversations like this so that we can be inspired to work on our love however mm-hmm. that is whether it's loving our neighbor as ourself um loving ourselves, loving others, embracing God's love for us. Mm-hmm. There's so many things to work on when it comes yeah, I to think, love. Yeah, I think love gets a thin treatment. You know, the rest of them do make a lot of sense. Peace, awesome, joy, hope, yay. You know, for whatever those sort of mean. Uh, love, and that's sort of where the conversation sort of ends. It's like, and what, what we hope to achieve with a, with a podcast like this is that let's, what if that's where the conversation started? You know, what does mm-hmm. that mean to you? How do you live that? Um, how do you trust that as a thing? Um, how do you embody that? Not just in what you, how you're expressing it this season, but in the arc of your life. You know, what is love to you? And how do you live that? And, and from where does it come and where does it go? And um, are you charging people for it? Or are you giving it away for free? Um, and Why? And uh, I think any conversation about that, that especially during this time, during this year, at this time in this year, that shines a light on, on that as part of a, of a practice that people can engage with, I think the better we'll be. We can all do well to practice love like the dog that Marty just let into his room, which <laughs> I think loves Marty unconditionally, enthusiastically, and vice versa. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Potter's my buddy. Yeah. Whereas Weasley's a little more uh, non-committal love. 
<laughs> it's more of a take it or leave it situation. Come yeah, on. he's like this is he's like the Garfield of dogs. <laughs> <laughs> he just kind of lays and eats lasagna. Yeah. He does love things: sleep and food. See, there, that's probably the most he's moved today. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> true yeah. love, right? Ah, uh, well, it's been lovely. This has been good. Give yeah. me a lot to think about. Yeah. So, and I hope our listeners uh, will have lots to think about this week as they think about love in their lives. And then as we proceed into the lighting of the Jesus candle for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's coming. Great. Thank you, Courtney and Tamika, for joining us on this. Um, yes, I really appreciate both of you coming on. It was a thrill. It's always a good time here at Faith Made Welcome. Always a good time. It's one of the things I love is recording this. <sighs> Me too. <laughs> great. Oh. Have a great day, everybody. Right? We'll see folks on the flip. Uh, thank you for listening. If you have any thoughts about uh, love that you'd like to share, there are plenty of ways to, to keep in touch. And uh, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say. We hope you like this one. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. podcast is produced by Sherry Spiegel, Paul Fitzgerald, and This Most Unbelievable Life. For more information, please check us out at www.thismostunbelievablelife.com.